Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by one of the stars from season 21 of NBC's The Voice. The Fort Wayne hometown hero grew up watching dad perform in the family bluegrass band. We welcome Samuel Hartness. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Absolutely great, Samuel. Let's go beyond the mic. As a musician, before getting on The Voice, you're struggling on the road. Admit it. With a four-year-old son, it's challenging to be a dad and a musician. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing that I've had to learn um, between being a father and being a full-time musician is the word balance and just finding that balance. And, you know, that sometimes looked like times where I couldn't play a show or I had to go to a show and, you know, I had to have somebody go along with me to watch my son. Um, You know, I had to do what I had to do. And, uh, you know, I would rather see my son grow up seeing his father do what he loves passionately than uh, something that I'm dragging my feet every day to go to, you know? From playing at the Frozen Firkin Festival, streaming at home, to playing wherever you could, how important is this opportunity on The Voice for you? Honestly, this opportunity means everything because it's not only great exposure, but it's also an opportunity to work from some of the best minds in the music industry um, and, you know, see how things work behind the scenes and at the same time, you know, get tips and pointers from, you know, four of some of the biggest people in the music industry. Honestly, Sean, as soon as he turned around and, you know, just the way that he was kind of engaging with my performance, I was putting off an emotion that he was understanding and that he, I felt like he was, uh, really could take me under his wing, I guess you could say, and kind of cultivate that unique style that I have and carry it forward. How has John helped you with specific tips for your future? Yeah. Uh, John set me up for success when it comes to, you know, just his technicalities. He's a very technical artist and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the technicalities, you know, just the instrumental side of things and the producing side of things and also the writing and the emotion put into it. He's a really unique artist himself, Um, you know, dabbles in a lot of different genres and features with other artists. So that's something that I'm looking for um, and to do in my career. And so I felt like he was the best choice because that's what he's done ever since is just kind of cultivate and, you know, push me to be more unique and to go beyond my boundaries, you know, Samuel, you talk about cultivating Yeah, people become a family. How do those bonds strengthen after the show is over? I'm kind of uh, a social, but so I could say everybody um, that everybody's uh, extremely down to earth. And what's crazy is you're pulling people from, all over from different lifestyles and you're putting them in a, an area that they're just asking you to do what you love, which is music for all of us. And there's no better atmosphere for an artist to be around other artists and we're all doing what we love. So yeah, there's no specific person because I could say everybody it's a, it's a great experience. Who and how have you taken the younger stars under your wing? Just by leading with example, by example, it's, I think it's really important as an artist to understand where other artists are coming from. We all have a different background. We all have different starting points. And so just to remember that we all have humble beginnings, no matter who you are and uh, where you come from. And, you know, no one's better than another. We're all unique artists. And so just leading by example, just being unique and being myself. Who inspires you each day? My son, Asher Harness, he is, uh, he's such an inspiration because his four-year-old mind sees zero 
color and anything, zero emotion. It's just go. I'm happy. And that's such a cool mentality because he's so openly loving and he teaches me to want to be openly loving to everyone that I encounter, you know, you have a merchandising line that says, I am not Samuel Hartness. How did you come (laughs) up with that brilliant marketing concept? (laughs) um while it was a very short-lived merchandise line i might bring it back but you know i was talking with my friends one day and one of one of my friend's wife is a seamstress and she was like have you ever thought about making merch and i was like "Ah," you know going around from brewery to brewery it's not like i have this raging fan base that's like where's the merch but there's those opportunities where there are people that are you know raving fans and So I came out with a couple of them and I was just like, you know what? I don't know what else to put on it other than they're not me. Why would I want to put my name on something if they're not me? So I am not Samuel Harness and we went with it and it kind of stuck. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Maybe time to bring that back. How did the pandemic change you as a musician? Wow. Good question. The pandemic changed me as a musician. Believe it or not, I grew a lot when it came to my artistry, cultivating time to write and focus on what my genre specifically is, which is still undetermined, but it's a work in progress and just, I don't know, just honing in on perfecting my craft, which is, you know, writing and performing. It's time for the Rocky Nate, eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There's no pressure. (laughs) Best hotel bed you've ever flopped on. Uh, Marriott. (laughs) you do so many gigs at breweries what's your favorite type of beer and have you ever considered brewing your own i have considered brewing my own so what kind of beer would it be stouts 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 are like the heavier and the darker the better for me i love it when it feels like you're drinking a bowl of oatmeal that is what i love (laughs) but i do have a winery that named a wine after me so i guess it's a it's a sweet red wine and that's my preference when it comes to wine who gave you the first guitar you ever owned and what was the first song you wrote with it my parents for christmas and the first song I ever wrote was a song called Not The One, which is available on all streaming platforms. Using the Rockin' 8 to plug music. Very nice. <laughs> You've been seen hovering around on a hoverboard around hotels. What made you get one, and how many times have you fallen on your ass? <laughs> countless, uh, countless times. Uh, that thing <laughs> is really hard to master, but I think that's the future. Is We're going to get to the point where we're not walking, so why not join now? <laughs> How many tattoos do you have? And what was the first one you got? Too many to count, honestly. But the first one I got was a Bible verse on my arm. It's Psalms 143.10, which is, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your spirit lead me on level ground. Weddings, bars, parties, farmer's markets, and a car show. Where's that gig that you feel the most heard? The most heard? Probably farmer's market because everybody's leisurely walking around with nothing better to do. And you have the opportunity to be their source of entertainment. That's where I felt the most heard. Best thing about your late dog, Eugene. Um, Eugene, RIP Eugene just recently. Best thing about him was probably just, he, he did not know his own size. And so he would still be like a puppy and jump on top of me and want to cuddle and sleep on top of me. And it was the best thing. <laughs> What's that video game you can't stop playing? Um, I love Tetris. Tetris, really? I love Tetris. It's time for the back half with Samuel Hartness, Beyond the Mic. We're recording this and you're at your parents' house. What makes your parents' support so strong for you? 
Um, well, honestly, when this opportunity came up, they were extremely, extremely encouraging. Um, and I figured if I'm going to be away for a long time, there's no sense in paying bills somewhere else. So they were extremely gracious. This is, just shows their character. They said, hey, in the meantime, while you're going back and forth, come chill at our place and, you know, leave your other place and do what you can. And that just shows their character. They're always uh, up for helping all of their kids. There's five of us. And yeah, great character. How has being adopted changed the way you see your family and how you unconditionally love your own son, Asher? Oh, good question. Um, being adopted, it just, there's no feeling like it. It's really, really hard to explain. It's different for every single individual that's adopted or has adopted a child. Um, my experience has been to just uh, be open to loving whoever and family like I said on the show, goes beyond biology. And so, um, you know, my brothers and sisters, even though we don't have the same DNA running through us, we have the same love running through us. And my parents have done an amazing job at cultivating the love and the happiness out here in the country. Where are you in the five? Um, I'm right in the middle. There are two younger, I have two younger sisters and then I have an older brother and sister. So you were the chosen one. Oh, that's, you know, I'm exactly right in the middle. I knew it from the beginning. (laughs) How do your siblings help you from wineries, food trucks to now being on the voice? (laughs) I know it's awesome. Um, there's, they're extremely supportive. Uh, they've watched me, you know, go through the ups and downs of my career and trying to start my own, um, you know, line of merchandise to, you know, playing at festivals that only had a few people walking around at the time that I was playing. And they've always been extremely supportive, showing up, encouraging me to do what I love. And now being on The Voice, it's just a step forward. And they're extremely proud of me. What would you have done if you weren't a musician? Um, I could never imagine a life of not being a musician or an artist because I have past jobs where I was a mover. I was a mascot for a restaurant. I worked at a bookstore. I worked at a taco place. You name it, I've probably done it. I was a janitor for a long time. Um, I've done all odds and ends, and I've never stuck in any industry like I have in the music industry. What power do you get from playing your guitar without shoes? <laughs> I mean, you laugh, but you say you found peace when taking the guitar out in nature and playing shoeless. Yeah, sitting in the middle of the river. <laughs> um, honestly, there. I grew up in the country. I grew up with only one neighbor, um, and they happened to have a son my age. And so I had a friend, but at the same time, Growing up in the middle of nowhere, like I just had an appreciation for nature and just the ability to go garden, which I still carry over to this day, garden and canning my own foods and vegetables and things like that and kind of living holistically. That's just always been a part of me. And so writing, getting out of the house has always looked like stepping outside in any form that is. And sometimes that looks like it's in the middle of a river because that's just where I was. Or it looks like out on the porch or, you know, sitting in the middle of the field. That's just where I find my peace, honestly. Since you enjoy gardening as a hobby, what's your favorite thing to can? No, I do the canning also along with my mom. Um, I do a lot of the eating part of it. But go to, because of the environment that it is in Indiana, We uh, tomatoes grow really, really well potatoes, onions, and peppers. Those are always pretty go-tos just because the longevity of them compared to something like lettuce, especially with wild animals around here. You know, we have a lot of rabbits and such. So the, you know, 
I think those are my go-tos, peppers and tomatoes. Your son, Asher, is a model in his drive. Come on, Dad, let's go. And how has <laughs> your own drive to help, you know, inspire him? Well, I started modeling in 2014. Um, I signed with an agency out in Chicago, and I did a couple fashion shows. And from 2014 to 2017, the year that my son was born, um, modeling was kind of, you know, along with those odd jobs, that was kind of my thing. That was my artistic outlet, just because at that point, I didn't know how to get into the music industry and um, meet the right people at that time. And so um, that's what he grew up seeing me do, along with trying to dabble in music and find my way. Um, and eventually, by the age of two for him in 2018 and 19, that's when I kind of transitioned into full-time musician over modeling. And so to see him kind of follow in my footsteps um, is inspiring for me just because that's, that's mini me. That's mini me following in mini me's journey. And so uh, that's extremely inspiring and encouraging. Um, but also if that's what he wants to do, that's, that's just what he's doing right now. If that's what he wants to do, then so be it. William Shakespeare said, quote, if music be the food of love, play on, unquote. Mm. How has music fed your soul? Good question. And this is my answer for that every single time is music is medicine. Every single time music is medicine. When people say they appreciate my performance, all of this positive feedback from being on The Voice and, you know, millions of views now on Facebook and YouTube on my audition, all the positive comments have been like, wow, his emotion is really touching me. And that's because music is medicine, whether it's good or bad, it's making you feel and music has the power to heal, whether it's my genre or country or whatever it might be. How do you feel as an artist when you've had shows in the past with just a couple of people? I mean, sometimes you have a social media post with yeah. one like, and now you're in front of yeah. millions of new fans. Yeah. Kind of like I told you so feeling, but at the same time, a feeling of gratitude because to be given the opportunity in the first place to even audition and then be put on the show, uh, the voice is a big deal. You got to be great, you know, to be there. You got to know what you're doing. And all the people that are there are great and know what they're doing. And so to see that I'm not the only person traveling around and working so hard and, you know, trying to perfect my craft, there are hundreds on hundreds and thousands of people doing the exact same thing, just as good, if not way, way better that it's a humbling feeling. And so to be given the opportunity to be on the show, I just am filled with gratitude. Addison, Christiana, and last year, Keegan Farrell all made impacts yeah. on the voice, all from Fort Wayne. What makes Fort Wayne so special for our musicians? Fort Wayne specifically is extremely progressive. I love the expansion that it's constantly taking and making. And so it's no surprise to me that there are multiple people from this city specifically, you know, because the music scene here, yeah, it's like no other. It's awesome. And everybody's extremely supportive of each other. And, you know, I've had Addison reached out to me not that long ago and said she was happy for my opportunity on The Voice. And it's just, it's a community. It's the music community around here. It's extremely positive and encouraging and uplifting. So um, when you're in that kind of environment, it's, it's, cultivates growth. I know I have to say cultivate a lot, but it cultivates growth. And that's extremely important as a musician and artist. It's important to cultivate because that's the only way to really grow. Exactly. What makes Fort Wayne so underrated? I don't know if I would say it's necessarily over or underrated. <laughs> I would just say like 
it's Indiana, so it's not the first place and city that you think of when you say, hey, where are the best artists around? You don't say, Fort Wayne, Indiana, baby. You don't, you just don't say that. <laughs> you think of LA, California, New York, you know, big cities um, where there's a lot more people, but it's, you know, we're people too, and we've got nothing better to do than perfect our craft of sitting around and playing music, so. No matter what happens during The Voice, what will you take from this challenge and this moment in time? An extreme amount of gratitude, inspiration. Again, like I said, to just see that it's not just me, you know, grinding and trying to make ends meet. Um, There are so many other people around the United States and all over the world trying to do the exact same thing that I'm trying to do. And so just giving this opportunity is uh, once in a lifetime. So as you perform, do you get nervous when you hit the stage or have you Zen centered yourself? I don't think I'll ever not get butterflies, but honestly, uh, doing what I've done uh, for several years now, there is a routine that you fall into and which is a good thing as a performer, you know, to put yourself in this is performance time. And so I was able to switch into that. This stage is so much different than playing at a farmer's market to a winery, brewery, whatever. You're, you're performing for four of some of the biggest people, if not Ariana Grande, the biggest person in the music industry. So this stage, again, is so much different than anything. But I was able to switch into performance mode as much as I could personally. It's time for one big question with Samuel Hartness beyond the mic. What makes someone a good friend? Good. Ooh, good question. Um, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. What makes somebody a good friend is loyalty and honesty. Uh, you need somebody to be honest with you, especially when you have a job like I do. Um, and especially being put on a platform like this now, um, you got to hold close to the people that care about you and want to see the best for you and aren't using you. And also just the loyalty, what they're saying behind your back and being honest with you about how they feel about certain situations. And if they think, hey, you know, I'm seeing it from a non-emotional standpoint. This is my point of view. You know, I think that's what makes a great friend. So what makes your own happiness and heartbreak and how has that changed and shaped your life? Being relatable to others, it's shaped that in my music, you know, just writing from some of my deepest heartaches comes some relief to others when they listen to my music. And so that's just kind of the symbiotic relationship that the listener and the artist have, whether you're going through what I went through when I was writing the song or something completely different. If you find it relatable to you, that's the beauty in what I do um, because music is medicine and it doesn't matter what's going on. I think music is a universal love language. He's modeled, worked in a taco stand, and cans his own vegetables. See him in season 21 of NBC's The Voice. Thanks to Samuel Hartness for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.